You are listening to the Holmes Avenue Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Holmes Avenue or how you can join the mission, visit us online at holmesavenue.com. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody. And um, grateful for you guys being here this morning. Grateful for those of you that are joining us online. I'm Brian, one of the pastors here, and I'm grateful that we have this time to study the Word of God together. Um, <clears throat> Jared, you can bring me down just a pinch, buddy. Um, as we are starting out today, uh, we are continuing in our series through the book of Psalms. We actually have two more weeks after this, and then we are going to be jumping into a short series on prayer to get us started for the fall. Um, so summertime is coming to an end, new things are starting within a new semester and all of that, and so we will uh, get through Labor Day weekend, and then we will move into uh, a sermon series on prayer. But today's psalm that we are looking at is Psalm 67, and I've entitled the message, A Prayer for the Nations, A Prayer for the Nations. Um, as we've been journeying through this, we've been looking at uh, highs and lows of uh, the human experience, emotions, joy, praise, lamenting. And here we get to this psalm today, and it's a psalm that, one, we don't know necessarily who the author is, but we see that it's a prayer that is prayed. And it's a very incredible prayer, and it has some mixture of praise and worship in there as well. And it leads me to ask the question, do you pray big prayers? Do you pray big prayers? Like, I, I think about the so many different prayers in my life that since I've known the Lord that I have prayed and I've seen Him answer, whether it was a way that I wanted it to be answered or not. And that was okay because it was all according to His will. That, remember, that's how we should be praying prayers. But this idea of big prayers, like, do, do you pray big things? I remember very early on in my time when I first got here, I would walk through the halls of this building, and I'm so grateful that Walter prayed what he just did about trusting my lingual. I walked through these halls, and I saw a lot of empty room. I saw a lot of big space. And so long ago, I just started praying, God, please do something here. Do something here. This place was filled for years prior to the base closing and ups and downs, highs and lows, but Lord, please, I don't know what it looks like, but please do something here. Fill this place so that children, adults, anyone can hear the gospel. And by God's grace and favor, He has shown us the answer to that prayer through what we have sometimes uncomfortably had to go through with construction and all that stuff over the last several months. But as we celebrated last Sunday when we were gathered together with friendship, God has answered some prayers. And it wasn't just me that were praying these prayers. Many of us were praying those kind of prayers. And I think it's so incredible that when we think about a big prayer like that, like, Lord, we can't do this on our own. We need to do something with somebody. We need partnership to further your kingdom. And God steps in and He shows off. Just like Nate said last week, you think about the fact that permits and everything, after once everything was done and approved, they started at the end of March. We shouldn't be done right now. These kids shouldn't be starting school this week. But God answers prayers. So it got me thinking, like, what are you praying? What are you praying? This psalmist, as he writes this today, he's writing and he's praying to God and he's asking the Lord 
to do something. He's asking so that the nations may know God. What are you praying? As we look at this psalm today, I said it's this unknown author, and it's a powerful prayer for the nations to know God and to glorify Him. That's a big prayer. So again, I ask you, before we jump in, what are you praying for? Think about that as we look at this passage. It's a very short passage, so let's stand together if you would. Let's honor the reading of God's Word, seven verses. And then we'll jump in. The Word of the Lord says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its, in, has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. This is the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word. We thank You, God, that it is living and active and thousands of years have passed since the events of what we read about in these Scriptures, Lord. But God, we thank You that they apply to us today. That we can see what it is that you would have for us, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us as Christ's followers. God, we pray and we ask, Lord, that, that you would do an incredible work in us, Lord. We've, we've prayed these prayers, Lord, for just a simple shot of what you're doing in this place, Lord, with the partnership with Charleston Bilingual. The fact that starting this week, children are going to be up and down these hallways hearing the good news of Jesus Sometimes in English, sometimes in Spanish, sometimes in Mandarin. Wow. God, you are so good. And Lord, as we dive into this passage, I pray that we would see the need to pray big prayers. So that your name could be made known and that people would come to faith and glorify you with their lives in turn, making more and more disciples for the glory of your name. Have your way in us now as we hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So the psalmist here is desiring the Lord's blessing for the nations to know him and to glorify him. Two points for us today. The first one is this, desiring the Lord's blessings so the nations can know him. Desiring the Lord's blessing so the nations can know Him. Verse 1 again says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. Selah. We see this opening verse of how the psalmist here, he writes for the Lord's blessing to be upon His people. Now this is particularly, he's writing and he's thinking of the, the nation of Israel. These people. Right? He's, he's writing about the Jews. He's writing and he's praying, Lord, may you bless us. 
We can recall from places like in the book of Exodus in chapter 4 where these are the firstborn of God's people. Yet as we know through the power of the Gospel and what Jesus has done, something unimaginable has happened. An expanse of God's people all across the globe through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and His resurrection from the grave for all who would repent and believe. The psalmist writes this as a prayer and he asks the Lord to make His face to shine upon them. As we look in the Old Testament and we read the Old Testament, we see this phrase of making one's face to shine upon him. It is translated as a way you could say, light of one's face. And is referring to this idea of the, the facial expressions and the accompanying actions that show that one is well disposed. What does that mean? In other words, the psalmist's prayer is asking for the Lord's face to be shown towards the people. His graciousness would be extended toward the sheep of His pasture. As the people of God, Lord, please bless us. Show favor to us, Lord. We are Your people. Please bless us. Why is He asking for them to be blessed? Let's continue in verse 2. That Your way be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. See this and that idea of looking upon us with favor and this idea of the Lord looking upon His people. It's much like an earthly parent looking proudly upon their child. But as we see this, after that pause of the word Selah, we see the continuation of that prayer, that, that reason of why in verse 1 he's saying this. He says, Lord, be gracious to us, blessing us, having your face to shine upon us so that your ways can be made known on the earth and the saving power among all nations. Now, if you're an Old Testament scholar, you may think of, wait a minute, that phrasing, bless us and face shine upon us, you know, that sounds like something from like the book of Numbers with with Aaron and the covenant there. But we see something much larger in the meta narrative of Scripture when we think about this idea. When we see that he's saying, Lord, bless us so that your name can be made known. That's pointing to a first covenant before that that came between God and a man named who? Abraham. When God made this covenant with Abraham, telling him there will be a day where your descendants, you'll have multiple and multiple descendants who will know me. See, the psalmist's prayer asks for God's favor to be shown to the nation of Israel so that the people of the earth would know God's saving power. You know, one thing that really stood out to me as I was going through this passage and I was studying it, it hit me. I read these verses, the psalmist asking for God's blessing to be shown towards them so that the nations could be made known. And I realized, wait a minute, this is almost like a prophetic prayer in a sense. It's, it's saying that there would come a day, Lord, please allow this, that, that the people of the nations would come to know You. And I'm like, wow, I'm reading a prayer 
about me. Reading a prayer about us, the people of God today. We are part of the nations that He's praying for. That God's glory would be made known around the nations for the Gentiles. The Gentiles being you and I. It's so incredible when you see things like that. And then in verse 3, he says, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. See, the psalmist's heart is on display here in verse 3. He's asking this of God so that people of the world may praise Him. He even repeats Himself in the same verse. His heart is for the glory of the Lord to be made known all over the earth. First to the Jews, then to the Greeks, as Paul says. We continue on in verse 4, and it says, Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. See, the psalmist says he continues desiring not just to give praise to God by the nations, but that they would sing for joy. See, that idea of joy, the joy of the Lord, it is much different than the joy of this earth, is it not? We can seek out joy here on this earth. We can seek out things to to bring us pleasure, to get us excited, to make us happy. But lo and behold, it will fail. Bless you. It will fail. No matter what we have that brings us joy, it is temporal for just a period of time, and then it is gone. But the joy of the Lord, it is constant. It leaves people that look at us and say, wait a minute, I've seen the situation that you've been going through. How on earth are you so calm? How on earth can you say, it is well with my soul? How on earth can you do the things that you do? And it's this idea and understanding that the Lord is sovereign. And He still deserves our praise and our glory. And if He is sovereign and He is in control, we trust Him and He guides us every step of the way, even in our suffering. So that when we suffer, we cling to Him. We draw near to Him. We know Him more deeply. And as we know Him more deeply, we are then overfilled with this joy of the Lord. This joy comes from this realized judging, as he says there in verse 4, of the people with equity as the Lord guides the nations upon the earth. See, the Lord and what he's showing here, this idea of the judging there, it's not just going to be shown towards the people of Israel. This psalmist is writing, he's saying, Lord, may it be known to them the joy of the Lord to the world. So that not just us know it, but Lord, let the world know it. Let the nations know this. You judge with equity. You show that same mercy and grace to us. Show it to them. Is there something else? You show it to us. Show it to them. Such an incredible thing to think about. Again, this is pointing to the day when Gentiles, you and I, are brought under the new covenant of Jesus. 
He's asking for this to take place. Guide the nations upon the earth. And then there's that break of Selah. And then he repeats himself from verse 3, again in verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Again, this is a big prayer that he is praying. What once was just between God and the Jews is going to be made available to the Greek. He's asking this of the God of the universe. Lord, let it be made known to the nations. And one day, this Messiah, Jesus, comes. And as Jesus comes, He offers the free gift of salvation to all who repent and believe because He gives up His life in the place of the ungodly. When we think about that, the ungodly, you and I, we we said this time and time before, on our best day, we still cannot earn God's favor because of one word, and that is our sin. There's nothing we can do. The Bible tells us that we are dead in our sins. There's only one way to be made right with God, and that is through Jesus Christ and His precious blood that was poured out in the place of mankind for all who repent and believe on Calvary's cross, and then He resurrected from the grave, proving that He was God, proving that He defeated death. It's this gift of grace that God gives. And this is what the psalmist is praying for. He closes the stanza saying this again. Lord, let it be made known to the nations. Let these people come to know you so that they can praise you. So that they can glorify you. In a sense, think of it this way, Holmes Avenue. We are gathered here today fulfilling this prayer. We are of the nations in this context, and we are gathered here together at one appointed time to sing songs and praise to God and to hear His Scriptures preached, to pray together. The psalmist is desiring the Lord's blessings to be shown to His people so that the nations may come to know Him. And in that same thought, we get to point two. Desiring the Lord's blessings so that the nations may glorify Him. Not only that they may know Him, but they may glorify Him. Let's read verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. We see similar wording here like we have throughout this passage, but we also see this idea of the earth yielding its increase. What exactly is the psalmist saying here in this prayer? He's referencing common understandings that are found in the Old Testament. For the nation of Israel, an abundant yield of crops served as evidence of God's people. And the fact that, to to God's people, excuse me, and that He was faithful. You may recall that from some of our study in Leviticus, for example. All this idea of the crops and this yielding of it. 
See, this imagery here, it's of God's favor. It emboldens the hope that we see said in the second part of verse 6, that God, our God, shall bless us. Now, we can't get it twisted there with some false gospel of prosperity or anything like that. But I do want to highlight this reality for the Christian. God does want to bless us. We're we're His children. He loves us. We've been adopted into His family. This doesn't mean that things are always going to be perfect. I've already referenced suffering a few moments ago. We're going to suffer. We're going to have issues. However, in the midst of those things, the Lord is with us. He sustains us. And He does so to the glory of His name. It's like I said a few moments ago. When we have those moments when things are rough and people see it and they still see that joy in us, the Lord's name is being glorified by the way in which we live our lives, by the way we proclaim and demonstrate the gospel to the lost world around us. Think about it. When you and I, as followers of Jesus, are going through those trials of life, and we consider it all joy, as James says, they see this reaction to the trials. If a person begins to see God or even come to faith because of the the life that we're living to God's glory despite circumstances, difficult as they may be, I have to ask the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it to go through that trial? If it means that one person may begin to ask questions of who is this God that so-and-so serves? Is it worth it for that person that witnesses what you're going through? They see the example in which you live. Is it worth it that you go through what you're going through so that person may repent and believe? As hard as and difficult the situations may be, I would say yes. Because no matter what, we are God's people. He has redeemed us by His Son's shed blood. And therefore, we should live a life that wants to bring Him glory, honor, and praise. A life of obedience. And in doing so, the world around us sees things and prayerfully lives are changed that we may be a living testimony. Again, it's an idea of this fulfillment of this prayer. When we get to verse 7, he says, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. See, the psalmist, he repeats the notion that God will bless his people. And because of this, the psalmist's hope is for every man, woman, child on the earth to fear the Lord. That idea of fear, this reverent fear, submission unto God, the God of the universe who redeems his people. He's adopted us as his kids, as I said a moment ago. It's an incredible desire for the psalmist to see, but also it should be for you and I. Because fear of the Lord comes from this obedience and this awe towards him. God, I want to honor you with my life because of what you've done for me. Who am I that you would be mindful of me? I don't know about you guys, but but I know my sin. I know how shameful I feel. 
But I have to remind myself continually to look at the cross. To see that. And to say, thank you, Jesus. Even though I would sin, you still died for me. And yet we think about that because we've been justified and we're continually being sanctified. God is doing a work in us. It doesn't make every day easy. We still sin. We still have slip-ups. But we repent. We confess. And we walk in holiness towards God. See, because the fear of the Lord, it comes from this obedience, this awe, as I said, towards God. The psalmist is saying, let all the ends of the earth fear Him. Lord, let all the ends of the earth fear You. Let them glorify You with their lives. When we think about that, are we doing that in our daily lives? Do we wake up every day and before we pick up our phones, before we get ready for the day, do we stop for a moment and say, God, thank you for today. Help me to live for your glory today. Help me to walk in fearful obedience to you, not not in a scared way that you're going to strike me or do something to me, but Lord, because you're who you say you are, I want to live a life that glorifies you. I want to make much of your name to the people I encounter today. I asked you at the beginning, do you what are you praying? Are you praying big prayers? You know, and I want to ask you today, how do you respond to this from the scriptures today? How do you respond at seeing this psalmist write this psalm and this prayer unto God? Lord, let the nations know You. Do we think about the nations? Do we think about the nations outside of North Charleston? Do we think about the people that are brothers and sisters in Christ right now that are on the other side of the world hiding not getting to freely do what we do right now. Sneaking out just to get the Word of God in their hands and to read it or to sit and be able to hear it. Do we think about them? Do we pray for them? That's the far out. Let's start to bring it in. Do we pray for God to advance His kingdom throughout this country. We are continually getting further and further from the Lord in this country. And there are many, many people that are lost walking the streets of this country. Bring it back in a little bit more. Do we pray for the state of South Carolina? Those that are lost. Do we pray for North Charleston? Do we pray for Park Circle? I pray that now you'll add Charleston Bilingual consistently to your prayers. Do we pray for these students? 
these staff, these faculty, these parents. There are many of these parents that do not know the Lord, but they see the benefit of this education that these kids are getting, and they send their kids to this private Christian school. See what we did there? Praying big prayers for the nations. We also need to pray big prayers all the way down to our circle of accountability. The people that we live, work, play around, those family members that we know are far from God, that we beg God to radically save them. Do we ask God, Lord, eliminate the things that are not necessary in my life that I do so that I can do what you want me to do? Ooh, that's a hard one. God, eliminate the things in my life that I do that are not necessary so that I can do what you want me to do. I want to challenge all of us. If we're not praying that, we need to pray that. What are we praying? For the Christian, do we desire to see the ends of the earth come to know the Lord? Do we pray those prayers? If we don't, I'm going to challenge us that we repent We confess it to God and we start praying those prayers. For those who may hear the word today and they say, well, you know, I I don't necessarily know Jesus. Whether you're in this room right now or you're listening online. God has answered this psalmist's prayer by making the way through the way Jesus Christ and His precious life that He gave up taking the wrath of God in our place. The Bible is clear. Anybody who repents of their sin and confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, they are saved. You're a new creation. Maybe today is that day and you say, man, I really need to talk. I really need somebody to pray with me. I want to follow Jesus. You can do that today. Maybe you're listening online and you see the link there on the screen. Like, man, I got to talk to somebody. Send a message, send an email, go to that link. Reach out to us and we will gladly reach out to you. Schedule a time to talk with you wherever you are. We'll, we'll, we'll Zoom. I don't care where it is. Wherever you are, we will talk with you. But we want to help you grow further into your relationship with Jesus. Or prayerfully, maybe today be the day that you come to know Jesus. So as we conclude, I'm going to pray for us. The worship team is going to lead us in our closing song. And as we sing that closing song, I'm up here, I'm worshiping along with you, but I am available. If you want to come and have prayer, talk, something, I'm here for you. We can talk with you afterwards as well. But respond in the way in which the Lord is leading you to respond. I pray that we're all praying big prayers. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful for you, Lord. The fact that I can even call you Father because of what Jesus has done. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you don't need our praise. You are God. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, that because we are redeemed, that we can praise you. We can sing songs of worship to you. That we can praise you by reading your word back to you. God, that we can just sit in silence and just enjoy your presence. Lord, I pray for every one of us. Lord, that we would begin to pray big prayers. I thank you for this example, Lord, of the psalmist crying out to you and and, and wanting to see because of your blessing the nations come to see you, to know you, to glorify you. Lord, may that be our heart's desire here today, August 20th, 2023. Lord, you have blessed us. You have redeemed us. Lord, let what we know, let let what we've been transformed by motivate us to pray for the nations, to pray for this country, to pray for our state, to pray for our city, to pray for our neighbors. God, I pray that for every single one of us, we would be able to leave a gospel legacy because we got serious about following you. And we prayed these prayers and we're willing to sacrifice the things that we didn't need to do what you want us to do. Father, as we sing this song, I pray Lord, that as we reflect, as we worship you, Lord, whatever it is that you may be saying to someone, Lord, that they wouldn't just brush it off, Lord, but that they would say, hey, I I need prayer. I need to ask questions. I need to know what it is God is doing in me and my life. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in us. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.